appreciative of all of our mothers today. First lady, she usually takes care of this service today, but I talked her into letting me take care of it. that she is. I know that probably all of you, I hope you feel that way, but she's the best mother that for my kids I could ever anticipate or desire. And I love her and appreciate her today. Amen. Praise God. I want to just be kind of short, but I do believe that I have something to say today, and so I want to share that with you. A couple of scriptures this morning, first of all in Psalms 100, or 113, Psalms 113 and verse number 5, the Bible says there, who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who is like our God who dwelleth on high? Dropping down to verse 9, he says, He maketh the barren woman, which speaks of Israel and her glorious rest, uh, restitution there, to keep house and to be a joyous, joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. I, I want to just start there this morning by saying that, of course, today is Mother's Day and we're called to honor mothers. It is this opportunity like other occasions that we set it aside just to say how much we appreciate them. And even if your mother is no longer with you, you can honor her memory. So let me encourage you that if you still have your mother and she's not here with you today to take time to uh, call her, talk with her, let her know and express your gratitude and your love for the investment that she's made into your life. No, uh, my mom, she's taught me a lot of things. She's godly virtues throughout childhood that have stayed uh, even with me today and I couldn't imagine uh, what it would be without her she taught me a lot of good things she taught me how to pray I can still hear her saying you better pray that comes out of the carpet instilled a sense of imagination in my mind because she would say don't ever do that again or else or else what she taught me how to anticipate she'd tell me just wait till your dad gets home she taught me how to count not high but to three She even taught me how to repent. She said, you better never do that again. She taught me how to have self-control. And maybe you can, maybe your mom helped you with it as well. Whenever she'd say, don't touch anything. And then she added, 
some imagination with it or else. But God's eyes in motherhood is the highest walk of life. Our world is trying to tell women what they can do and how that they can uh, need to do something with their life. But God says that what's most important is to instill godly values and morals and character. Be a godly example of grace and love. What else is there better to do than invest your life into your children? I want to talk to you this morning, and if you'll allow me for just a few moments to to look at Mary, and I want to title this message today, The Mary Model. The Mary Model. In Luke chapter 1, in verse 26, it begins this story. And it says there, now in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin uh, that was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, for the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I know I'm not a man? And the power, he said, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High shall overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative is also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. We do not believe in this house about worshiping Mary as some others teach. But on the other side of that pendulum, I believe that we should give her more honor and respect than what we have in times past. Mary, the chosen one, was to bring into the earth the Savior of the world. And yet Mary was just an ordinary young lady that dealt with the same challenges that you and I deal with had to face the same things that we face. And so I just want to, for a few moments here this morning, look at the challenges of this Mary and how that she modeled faith through it all. In verse 28, it tells us here that the angel said, Rejoice because you're highly favored. Now, fear was in her heart, but yet she the angel comes and says, rejoice for you're highly favored. 
it suggests to me that she did not know that she was favored. So the angel tells her that you're highly favored. The angel sees that the favor of the father is upon Mary, but she certainly doesn't feel favored. She is battling with low self-esteem. It seems that when you study uh, out uh, Mary, that you will, that this is true, that she was, had low self-esteem, that her parents were not wealthy, her parents were not famous, they were not on the, uh, the uh, side of town that would cause them to be known by a whole lot of people. In fact, it would suggest that, that they didn't have a whole lot. But in this place of low self-esteem, in this place where that they didn't have all of the things going for her that would suggest that she would be the next uh, one that would be in the limelight of the community, an angel comes and announces to her something that she does not even understand, and that is favor is upon your life. Amen. I, I believe today that, that we allow the circumstances that surround us sometimes to dictate to us whether there's favor on our life or not. But I want you to know today that no matter what the circumstances of your life look like, that the favor of the Father, when you've accepted him as your Savior and your Lord, favor came with it. Amen. Favor, the grace of God, the favor of God came with salvation. And, it, and whenever it apply, was applied to your life, it did not say if you uh, had uh, self-esteem or if you was in the right building or if you was grown up in the right community. It just said that the fa Father favored you and gave you grace and gave you the mercy to be able to do things that you could not normally do. Amen. And so the angel is seemingly here talking to Mary to, to talk her into seeing herself the way God sees her. Now, verse 29, he tells, it tells us that she was dealing with fear. The Bible said that an angel tells her, do not be afraid. Have you ever dealt with fear? Don't be afraid. Of your future Mary don't be afraid of the unknown maybe today he would say don't be afraid of disease don't be afraid of fear and lack don't be afraid of the things that you do not see or do not know here is all, here is all of this coming into Mary all at once and she is overwhelmed, no doubt, but the spirit of fear is upon her. And she goes into this place of fear. Have you ever been overwhelmed and, and you pull back and go into fear? But fear and faith cannot operate at the same time. We have to choose either to have fear or to have faith. Now, it's easy to preach, but it's hard to do. Huh? Ain't nobody going to help me today on Mother's Day. I said, it's easy 
to preach, but it's hard to do because whenever you're overwhelmed, you get download of all of this information that is going on in your life. You, don't, you can't comprehend it. You can't process it. You can't figure it all out. But in the same moment, in the same time, fear begins to come and rages in your life and tries to cause you to not hold on to God's promise. God has just delivered a beautiful thing here by an angel to Mary and yet the spirit of fear would rush in and try to take that away from her receiving the blessing that the God is about to give her. Can you see that? And many times in our own life, God will deliver to us a blessing. He will lead us. He will speak into our life. He will give us something wonderful. And but, but before we can process it, before we can figure it out, fear will come and take that away from us. And instead of us going forward, we go back. Mary dealt with it. Tell your neighbor, Mary dealt with it. Fear is real. Fear will paralyze you. Yes, it will. Let me go on. So, verse 34, Mary deals with another problem that far too many women today find themselves dealing with. She says, I do, how can this be? I do not know a man. Obviously, this text is talking about in the context of intimacy, which Adam knew Eve, begat Cain and Abel, right? We can understand that. And so it's talking about this type of relationship, but I want to use it in this way today. How many women today don't know a man? They're single mothers that don't know a man that'll provide for their children. Those women who have raised their children without a man in place to show protection, to show care, to show provision, huh? It's quiet. But you see, there are so many today that are dealing with that. And we have, and I applaud the, the women that carry that double load that they ought not have to carry. I applaud the women that, that, that are willing, even though they don't know a man that is there to provide and protect and do what men are supposed to do. They didn't abandon their responsibility, but they stepped up and did double duty. Amen. And I think we ought to honor those today. Said, I don't know a man. You know, it isn't just women, but, but even all of us today, we, we depend upon man. Mankind, We are looking for somebody else to affirm us. We are looking for someone else to, to help us, right? It, it, and it, it is the same at the pool of Bethesda. You remember whenever Jesus went there and, and the man gave kind of the same statement. He said, I don't have no man to put me in. 
I don't have anybody to help me. But I want to tell you today that you may be here. You may be a lady or you might even be a, a gentleman, a man. That, but you feel like that you don't have no man. You don't have no one who is there to help you. But I've got good news for you today. Jesus is one that never fails us. I want to say to you today that maybe ladies that are here that, are, have, that, that you have, I have just described you. I want to say to you today that I don't know how uh, the man may have walked out. I don't know how you may have been left in your life, but there is a man named Jesus, a man that will never leave you, will never forsake you, that will be your provider, that will be your protector, that will be the shield about you and will be the lifter of your head. Amen. And I want to say to everyone that is here today, amen, that he is that great one. He is the all, uh, almighty one because men and people and at best are fickle. They'll tell you they love you one day and, and, and stab you in the back the next. But Jesus never fails. Jesus don't change his mind. Jesus is constant and consistent. And he is the provider, the lovely one that will guide and protect and guard you through all of your life. Praise God. He will be the, the stable one that will sustain you and deliver you in the time of your trouble. If he's ever delivered you, would you give him some kind of praise this morning? Verse 35, it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the high, Most High shall overshadow you. When Luke said the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, the same word is used in Genesis 1 when it says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed or hovered over the waters before the beginning of time. And God created life in those waters. The same Holy Spirit now overshadows Mary and creates life in her womb. So what is the bigger miracle? The Spirit over the waters in Genesis that God creates life or the Spirit over Mary's womb who creates life in her? Both are miracles. Both are miraculous. The Spirit created life over the waters in creation. And the Spirit created life in Mary. And when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, it's not a dark shadow. It is a life-giving shadow. When you, when you, when you make life be confused to where you are and why you are where you are. But just let the Holy Spirit overshadow you. Because in his hovering, because in his overshadowing, it brings life, it brings purpose. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit, if you will spend time with him in time of intimacy and allow him to hover over your life, it will produce new life inside of you. You may feel like that it's dark. You may feel like that it's dormant. You may feel like there is no purpose in your life. But I promise you that if you'll invite Holy Spirit and spend time with him, he will overshadow you. And when that shadow is lifted and begins to lead and guide you, you will come to an understanding that something life-giving has happened in me. Amen. 
Something has happened in me. How many know today that 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 overshadowing of the Holy Spirit can change everything? Two people. Amen. Well, it can. It can change everything. Your outlook will change. Your thoughts will change. The way that the purpose will change. Whenever he, the, you spend time with the Holy Spirit, he will change things in your life. Mary, being the good mother that she was, pushed Jesus into doing his first miracle. You remember this, right? They were at the wedding. Mary comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, uh, they're out of wine. Jesus knew what she was saying was in his wheelhouse. He knew that what she was saying was in his calling, in his purpose someday, but just not today. Right? He was, he was, didn't feel like he was ready yet. But moms have a way of pushing you. Huh? Encouraging you. To do things that you don't think you're ready to do yet. You want to, but you don't think you're ready yet. You know someday you desire to, but you don't think you're ready yet. And good moms come along and they nudge you and they push you just a little bit to get you to step out of that nest and, and, and step on over into your purpose because miracles was part of Jesus' DNA. Mama Mary knew all about miracles. And if I could, you know, I, I don't want to do any injustice to the text, but I like to crawl up into it and, 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 and just put myself there. And if I could this morning, I, I, if we could hear the sidebar, if we could hear the side conversation, have you ever had your mama pull you off to the side? I see you don't want to talk about it. But moms have a way of pulling you off to the side because they don't want to embarrass you, right? Uh, well, most of them don't. I've seen some, but, you know, most of them, they, they got a way. They'll just pull you off to the side. And, 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 and I can, if I could this morning, maybe I thought about this. How, what was that sidebar like? What was that side conversation like? And, and maybe Mary, it went something like this. Mary said, not ready, not ready. You telling me you're not, let me tell you about not being ready. I wasn't ready for my first miracle either, boy. Huh? I was minding my own business in my room when an angel came and told me, (laughs) you may not be ready, but this is your day. And the angel pushed me and told me to not fear. He told me to to walk into my destiny. He told me to go ahead. Let me tell you that you don't always get the privilege of waiting until you think that you're ready, boy. Sometimes you've just got to get up and do it. Amen. And, and I think maybe that was the end of the conversation whenever the sidebar took place and then she, she went back to talking to disciples and said, whatever he says, go ahead and do it. 
There's a lot of people trying to disqualify themselves from being used by God by saying, I'm not ready yet. Mary hears the promise that she's going to have a baby and she says, I'm not qualified. And by the way, that's the most popular excuse used when God challenges your faith. He challenges you to do something new and the first thing that we think of is, I'm not qualified. God comes to Moses and he says, I want to use you to speak to a people and deliver them. And the first thing Moses says is, I'm not qualified. I'm not very good at at speaking, God. God comes to Jeremiah and he says, I want to appoint you to be a prophet to the nation. And Jeremiah says, I'm not qualified. I'm too young. I'm not able to do it. It's the most popular response. If you've ever felt that way, then you can just join the club. Because you see, most of the time we do not feel in ourselves that we're qualified for the task that God asks us to do. In fact, if you feel that you're qualified to do it, then chances are you're not ready for the job. Because the reality of it is God always asks us to do something that we do not yet have the potential or ability to do so that we must rely upon the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit does not work through us, then we will be a failure. Amen. Mary says that she's got a, a better reason probably than most all the rest of the people in scriptures or all the people that have ever give God this excuse that I'm not qualified. Mary probably has the best excuse at all, but she says, I'm not qualified to be a mom yet. But we rubber stamp our much of our life with this great big, I'm not qualified. Not me. You don't want me. I've done, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know this. You don't know that. Who are you talking to? The God of the universe sees us, and that's that's the beautiful thing of him. He sees us in all of our failure. He sees us in all of our dysfunction, all of our mess, our good, bad, and ugly, and yet he still taps us on the shoulder and says, I want you. I want to use you. I want to not just bless you, but I want to use you for a greater glory. I want to use you for greater honor. Amen. And so today God loves us. And while we're saying not me, God is saying, yes, why not you? You know what God loves? He loves to take people who are absolutely not qualified to do this. And do exactly that. Because it shows his greatness. It shows his grace. It shows his power. So never stamp anything with a not qualified whenever God is asking you to do a thing. Mary discovers that God can make the impossible possible. Think about this with me. What were the odds of a virgin would have a baby. 
Now, I understand that most of you probably did not go uh, and take college statistics or anything. But I think maybe we can all figure this out today. What are the odds of a virgin having a baby? Well, maybe we can't. Well, let me help you. Zero. Amen. No chance whatsoever. Zero percent. Some of you right now in your life, you're under a burden of a statistic. A statistic in your health. A statistic about one of your children. A statistic about your business. And I can't pretend today to know what God will do in your circumstance of your life. But I do know this. I'm sure of this. God is greater than that statistic. So you trust God and not statistics. You can learn from statistics. You can be informed by statistics. But you should. But when you don't trust statistics. Because God is greater than every statistic known to man. Here is a 0% chance of this thing happening and God does it anyways. Why? Because nothing is impossible to God. Amen. The Mary model leads us to understand that all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. That's what he told us in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus said unto them, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. The message Bible reads it this way. Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Martin Luther in his writing said, the only miracle greater than the virgin birth was Mary's ability to believe. Amen. The, greater, the only greater miracle than the virgin birth was Mary's ability to believe. And so when you look at Jesus' life from the start to the finish, I, I was thinking about this this week. Do you, when you look at from the beginning of Jesus' life to, to, the, to the cross, the only constant in his life is his mother. His mother was there, of course, when he was born. His mother was there. When you read the scriptures, even his brothers, his bi his what uh, would be his biological brothers, uh, half-brothers, if you will, on the earth, didn't even believe that he was the son of God. Read the scriptures. He, he, he was doing, they, they finally came to this conclusion. So it tells me that he is the son of God. It tells me they didn't believe. They struggled with all of this. But Mary was there and she was a constant. She believed in him when no one else believed in him. 
she saw him for who he was and what God had put him in the earth to do. And I know today that mamas have that ability. They can, they can trust. They can believe in their children. They can believe when nobody else does. Everyone else says they're a scandal. Everyone else counts them out. But a mama's love can look beyond all of the faults and the failures, the mistakes and the mess and see the value, amen, of what God has placed within them. And I'm telling you today that Mary was there for uh, Jesus every step of the way. She did not give up on him. She never turned her back on him. She led him to the, the, the whipping post. She followed him to Calvary's cross. She was there at the tomb. She went all the way with him. What are you saying? I'm telling you that she showed and exemplified what Father God does. She was the model. And I'm here today to tell you, no matter what you've been through in your life, no matter what has happened, no matter who has spoken negatively or canceled out and said you can do nothing, God of heaven knows your purpose. He knows why he created you the way that he created you. He's brought you into the earth for such a time as this and he has appointed you to be wonderfully blessed. Amen. And I'm telling you, while others may forsake you, others may let you down, others may quit upon you, I hear Jesus say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even to the ends of the world. Nothing is impossible to them that believe. When you look at Jesus' life, you see his mother exemplifying the love of God, being there every step of the way. And then Jesus would reiterate that with his own words as he said of the Father, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're here today and you are not a follower of Christ. Maybe like Mary, you're dealing with, am I really favored? Maybe you're here today and you're dealing with fear. Perhaps you don't know a man. Maybe the enemy has told you that you've disqualified. But the greatest miracle is that of believing in God. And saying no matter what comes or what goes, I will trust in the Lord. Believe that God is here for you and he will help you. Believe that he loved you enough that he would come hang on a cross so that you could have abundant life. Believe in the midst of your struggle that he still loves you. And he cares greatly for you. Amen. Stand with me today.